الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قلنا يا نار كوني بردا وسلاما على إبراهيم صدق الله العظيم اللہ some places greater significance than other places some periods of time allah taala blessed with more virtues than other times of the year among the human beings allah taala selected the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam and all the people of the world put together cannot come anywhere close to the rank of nubuwwat and then from among the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam tilka rusulu faddalna ba'dahum ala ba'd allah taala created among them also various ranks and gave the greatest rank to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so among the anbiya ali musallam themselves there is this difference of rank and then in places from all the places on the earth makkah mukarrama the baitullah Allah Ta'ala gave it that special place, that special significance, special greatness. And then the Mubarak places of Madina Munawwara, Masjid Al-Aqsa, all these enjoy very special significance. So even on the places of the earth, there are some places which, which have greater virtue than other places. And then in time, the month of Ramadan comes, which is the greatest of all times of the year and then after the month of ramadan comes a very auspicious time next in rank only to the month of ramadan and that is the first 10 days of zulhijjah which we are very very close to we are very days away and this has a very great significance in time this difference in the significance of one time to the other <coughs> where some periods of time have been given extra virtue this is actually like an excuse from the side of allah taala giving his servants an excuse to come back to him creating opportunities for them that everything was setting on but now there's something new coming there's something of extra significance so latch on to this and come back you strayed of the path you got yourself involved in other things you forgot your object you forgot your destination and direction but come the month of ramadan and here's an opportunity for you to realign yourself here's an opportunity to now come back to allah taala the month of ramadan came and went and then now very two months pass Allah Ta'ala gives us another opportunity. It is another opportunity now, come back to Allah Ta'ala. And these 10 days, 
of Dhul Hijjah, the first 10 days of such significance that Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam upon it in the Quran Sharif. Wal-Fajr wa-Layalin Ashr Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by the break of dawn and a qasam on the 10 nights. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam. What does Allah Ta'ala have to take a qasam for? Qasam we take in order to convince somebody of our truthfulness in a matter, what we are saying is genuine, it is really the truth. So we take a qasam. Allah Ta'ala is astaqul qailin, woman astaqu min Allahi qila. Who can be more truthful than Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on something to highlight its importance, to highlight its significance. Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam on these ten nights. Now the thing is that these days will come and go, the month of Ramadan came and went. These days will come and go also. We don't know whether we will see it, whether we'll be around. But in any case, we are around or not, these days will come and go. What we will take out of it is the question. Such virtues have been mentioned about these ten nights. The one hadith, Nabi Salaam says, that each of the days of the first nine days of Zul Hijjah, the tenth obviously is the day of Eid, not permissible to fast on the day of Eid. The first nine days of Zul Hijjah, every fast is equivalent to the fast of one year. One fast in these ten days, in these nine days, equivalent to the fast of one year at other times of the year, Nafil fast. It's obvious that the Fars, nothing can equate to the Fars of Ramadan. But a whole year's fast. Now what a great opportunity to try and acquire at least, if not all nine days, not every day of the, maybe not even half, at least one, two days. It's nafil, it's not fard, it's not wajib. But these nawafil are of very great significance in taking a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. In the hadith of Qudsi, where Nabi Wasallam quotes from Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala says, that my servant does not get closer to me with anything more than with that which I have made compulsory upon him. The faraiz. That is what is the first thing. There is no compromise on the faraiz. Our five daily salah, there is no compromise on that. A mu'min and the obligations from Allah Ta'ala side. And really what obligations, how much has Allah Ta'ala put any obligation on us? From the whole 24 hours, five salah. And if a person Count all the time put into those five salah put together, the farz, add the sunnahs before it and after it. Then too for the whole day, we add all that up, it won't probably add up to more than an hour. Hour, hour and a few minutes more. Out of the 24 hours, Allah has made salah farz upon us, which won't take us more than an hour. And the 23 hours you, it's for you again. At 23 hours you do whatever you have to do in terms of your earning, your living, taking a rest to your family, whatever else, one hour you give for Allah Ta'ala. But this banda of Allah Ta'ala, after having eaten the risk of Allah Ta'ala, after having slept the night that Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, after having enjoyed all the bounties and benefits that Allah Ta'ala showered upon him, but this banda's eyes don't open at the time of Fajr, and his eyes closed before Isha, this is a very, very major ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala. Out of the whole day, 24 hours, Allah said in total, and that too not all at one time. 
that in totally won't add up to one hour also. So this one hour for Allah Ta'ala. Then fast only one month in the whole year. Zakat, if it is beyond a certain amount, less than that, no zakat also. And that too on certain aspects. Person is owning his house, but that house is not zakatable. He's owning his car, the car that he's using, that's not zakatable. So there's certain categories that are substantial value and are also excluded. And then on top of that, all that he owns which is zakatable, that too after one whole year has passed from the nisab. Now only 2.5%, the other 97.5% for you. 2.5% for Allah. And Hajj, once in a lifetime, if you can afford it, if you have that amount of wealth. All the obligations Allah Ta'ala has put on a person, and together with that one more obligation Allah Ta'ala put, that look, all these things you do, which are very manamal, very manamal. Five times salah a day, the salah actually was 50 times first. Nabi Islam went for Mi'raj, the salah was 50. And then he came down to Musa Islam and he said, no, we're going to ask Allah Ta'ala to give some compensate to reduce this. Because your ummah is not going to manage. And eventually after the back and forth, it came to five. If Allah Ta'ala had obligated us with 50 salat, that too would be justice. But Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy that Allah Ta'ala said, that, okay, this is now five, but the person will perform this five, I will reward him with this reward of 50 salat. So just the five salat on a day, that one month of Ramadan only to fast, it's two and a half percent only of zakat. That too, so much is excluded already. And Hajj once in a lifetime. These are the obligations of what we have to do. And one thing Allah Ta'ala says, don't do and take the reward from me. Nobody in the world is prepared to employ somebody on this condition that provided you don't do something and I'll pay you. Nobody is ready for that. We haven't heard about it anyway. Allah Ta'ala says, one aspect is you don't do and I will reward you for it. Don't commit any sin. Refrain from my disobedience and I will reward you for it. But this is the obligation of Allah Ta'ala said. So a person gets close to Allah Ta'ala with these faraiz. And this is so minimal. And Allah Ta'ala's bounties upon us are countless, innumerable. So all the time we are benefiting from countless bounties. And this is the bare minimum we are being asked to pay back. Pay back in a sense, what pay back? Is to express a token of our gratitude. And this insan, he can't even express his gratitude in that minimal, in that bare minimal amount. So Allah now gives us these opportunities. That look, reflect upon this now. The time has come now to sit and think. Person come the month of February, the year, financial year has ended, now he's taking stock. What's going on? What have I made? What have I lost? Is everything going well? How often have we taken stock of our deen? What is the reality of my iman, my amal? How close am I getting to Allah Ta'ala? Or how deeper am I getting into dunya? So to take stock, to reflect, Allah Ta'ala gives us these opportunities to reflect. And together with the faraiz now, to try and get closer to Allah Ta'ala, in this hadith of Qudsi, Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says, 
And thereafter my servant continues to get closer to me with the nawafil. To such an extent, hatta ahdabtuhu. To the extent that I then, he becomes my beloved. I love him. Subhanallah, can we imagine Allah Ta'ala, the creator, our sustainer, our nourisher, Allah Ta'ala who has total control of us, we owe everything to him, and we deserve really nothing. <coughs> Allah Ta'ala is saying that my servant did this nawafil, I love him then. He becomes my beloved. Hatta ahbabtuhu. And when, I be, when he becomes my beloved, then I become the eyes with which he sees. I become the ears with which he listens. I become the hands with which he holds. I become the feet with which he walks. Subhanallah, what does this mean? Allah Ta'ala becomes the person's eyes with which he sees. It means that his eyes then only see that which is beloved to Allah Ta'ala. He has become Allah Ta'ala's beloved. He'll only see that which Allah Ta'ala loves. His eyes would be blind to anything and everything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. His ears will only listen to that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. He will not be able to listen to anything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. His hands will only touch that which Allah Ta'ala is happy with. His feet will only walk in the direction that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And his heart and mind will always be engaged in that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And then Allah Ta'ala says regarding such a person, that he is such a beloved of mine, that وَإِذَا سَأَلَنِي أَعْطَيْتُهُ That when he then asks of me, I grant it to him. If he begs of me, I answer his call. So these nawafil are very important also. There's no compromise on the faraiz obviously. The nawafil, there's no compulsion in it. But it is not something to just regard as, by the way, it's something to the extent one can <coughs> to take the advantage of especially the special opportunities. If not the whole nine days, not seven days, not five days, one or two days, person should try, he's not sick, he's not in any other situation that makes it very difficult for him, one or two days at least, to try and fast on these days, the first nine days of Zulhijjah. And especially the ninth of Zulhijjah has an added significance, that it is the compensation of the sins of the past and forthcoming year, all the minor sins. Major sins a person has to make sincere tawbah to Allah ta'ala, repent sincerely, come back, make a firm resolve of not committing those sins in future. But this is the very special significance of the ninth of Zulhijjah, the day of Arafah. And then each ninth, Nabi Islam says that the, each of these ten nights, the ibadat of this night is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Each of these nights, the ibadat of it is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Now the month of Ramadan came and went. Inshallah, whatever little we managed to do, Allah will accept. But here it's coming with certainty that every night of these ten nights, the ibadat of these nights is equivalent to that of Laylatul Qadr. So now it is a very, very great deprivation if we deprive ourselves entirely. We can't wake up the whole night of half the night, we can't wake up, we can't wake up quarter the night. But at least we can perform some two rakats, four rakats before going to bed. Some tasbih, some zikr, some dua. Try to wake up in the last part of the night. 
Let about 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> that too will be, inshallah, for us to achieve this great reward of the ibadah of Laylatul Qadr. So this is the one aspect, the virtues of these 10 days. And Imam Hadith, Nabi Islam says, that there is no action, no action performed in any other time of the year. Obviously the month of Ramadan is an exclusive month. But any other time of the year, there is no action performed which is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the actions of these first 10 days. The one tasbih that the person recites in these 10 days is more virtuous than all the nawakil of the rest of the year, besides the month of Ramadan. So there is no action more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the actions performed in these 10 days. Somebody asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Well, jihad fi not even striving in the path of Allah Ta'ala in other times can equate the amal of these 10 days. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, not even the striving in the path of Allah Ta'ala of other times can equate any amal of these 10 days. Except that person who left his home with all his possessions, his life and all his possessions. And then he gave his life in the path of Allah Ta'ala and gave all his whatever he owned in the path of Allah Ta'ala. He has a higher position. His amal has a greater position. Otherwise, nothing. Obviously, that striving in the path of Allah Ta'ala in these 10 days will obviously be so much more greater. But this is the virtue of these 10 days. And what a great deprivation that if we totally deprive ourselves. We don't take any advantage of this Mubarak day. We don't take any advantage to do any amal at all. And how much of effort does it take to keep ourselves engaged in reciting some tasbih, some durud sharif, some istighfar while engaged in our work. Just a matter of just being a little bit conscious. Just keeping our mind a little bit conscious to take these great benefits and bounties. So this is in terms of the great virtue of these 10 days that are coming. And we should be focusing ourselves to try and acquire this virtue, these greatnesses. Then comes the lessons that are given to us in these 10 days. These are the days of Hajj already. We are in these Mubarak months of Hajj and very close to the actual days when Hajj will be performed. And in those very days comes the 10th of Zulhijjah where throughout the world is the day of Qurbani. There are very deep lessons in these things for us. And this entire period of time, these days of Hajj, they come with the reminder of the life and the sacrifices of Ibrahim and his family. And this will come every year. Every year Hajj will come, it will come with the same lesson. Every year Qurbani will come, it will come with the same lesson. So the lessons will come every year. The thing for us to reflect on is, so many years have passed in our life, have we taken the lessons still? The lessons are coming repeatedly. The Quran Sharif, we are reciting the same Quran. Until Qiyamah, the same Quran will be recited. The same ayat will be recited. And these same days will come and go. And the same lessons will be revived. Have we taken the lesson is for us to reflect? And what is the lesson, the highlight of the life of Ibrahim The highlight of his life is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Qur'an Shaleef. إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ أَسْلِمْ قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Remember the time when your Rabb said Ibrahim Islam, Aslim. Aslim, the word is very familiar for us. Muslim, very close, it comes from the same root. 
and Islam, all these come from the same. So what is this all about? Submission. Allah Ta'ala said to him, submit yourself. And his response, I've submitted myself. We are also Muslim. We also have accepted Islam. So we have also claimed to support ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. But now the test of submission also comes. A person has made a claim. So now when there's a claim, there's something to test the how genuine the claim is. So Ibrahim Islam was also tested. And this is the lesson that comes repeatedly every year and come. That the test of submission will come in every person's life. And Allah gave us this lesson of Ibrahim and said to Nabi who is the greatest of all the Ambiya But to show the significance of this lesson that Ibrahim gave, Allah says to Nabi that you also follow the way of Ibrahim who was righteous. Nabi has a greater rank and follow the way not that he was a follower of Ibrahim meaning that same pattern that he has set. Nabi took it to a higher level. But we have been given the lesson of Ibrahim the lesson of total submission. And when a person has claimed submission, then the test of submission comes. All these lessons we have heard repeatedly, but the point is the reflection. <coughs> and this reflection, this tafakkur, this is something that is demanded of us in the Quran Sharif. Hassan Basri in his statement, to reflect and ponder for a little while is more greater than an entire night of ibadah. How come? That is, if this tafakkur is in its correct manner, it is really pondering in the right way, this will open up doorways for the person to really progress towards Allah. Otherwise, he might just start doing things in a routine, parrot way, in a, in a just routine fashion, and then together he'll be doing his ibadat also, and on the sideline, some haram will be carrying on also. He'll be performing salah in the first sub too sometimes, and at the same time, after he leaves the masjid, he'll be looking at haram. He'll be very often going for umrah, etc. He'll be in the gambling den also. He'll be making his tilawat daily, but he's dealing in haram. Because the reflection is not there, where am I heading to? What am I doing? Am I getting closer to Allah Ta'ala? The nawafil that I'm performing, am I just dropping it by the way? Because whatever nafil a person does, that is excellent. The nafil, the example of the nafil that a person does, is like a person taking very good tonics, and things to give him energy and things that will really boost his strength mashallah is very good and sin is poison a person can take all the tonics and all the energizers and whatever else and also keep taking some poison at the same time and the poison will prove fatal all the other things will just get left on the side the poison will overcome everything so now the mashallah, the person is performing his ibadah, he's making his tilawat in the Qur'an Sharif, he's reciting some tasbihat, he's making various other amal, 
he's striving in some way or the other in deen, but he's not giving up his haram. So then he's being in the same circle. After a long time, somebody asked him, he's driving around, how many kilometers you covered? I covered 1,000 kilometers. How far you gone? See, I'm still in the same street, going around the same block. Going around the same block, haven't gone anywhere. The person's whole life comes out going around the same block. And when he finishes off, he's still in the same spot where he started. Why? Because of the haram. Because the eyes are not being submitted to Allah Ta'ala. That haram is carrying on. The ears are not being submitted to Allah Ta'ala. The hands and feet are not being submitted to Allah Ta'ala. The heart is running wild. The person is going around the same block. Ibrahim Salaam, his lessons have come for us to reflect. And to reflect that what is our level of submission to Allah Ta'ala. His first test that came and he refused to be part of the norm of society. The norm of society at that time was idol worship. Everybody was in idol worship. But he refused to be part of that. This is totally baseless, it's false, it's batil. Allah Ta'ala alone is the creator, the sustainer. Allah Ta'ala feeds me. Allah Ta'ala alone feeds me. Allah Ta'ala gives me to drink. Allah Ta'ala has given us that entire conversation of Ibrahim Salaam, with his people. When I get ill, Allah Ta'ala grants me shifa. Allah Ta'ala is the one who will bring death upon me that will resurrect me also. I will worship Allah Ta'ala alone, not worship anybody else. So he refused to follow the norm of society. Now this is our test. How many times we are under pressure to conform to the norms of society, those norms which are totally against the command of Allah Ta'ala. Those norms which are totally against the way of Rasulullah And now there's societal pressure, there's family pressure, there's pressure from friends, there's all kinds of pressures to conform to whatever the society has taken on. And this is the very big danger that when sins start becoming common and those sins are not then checked, nobody is making any effort to stop those sins in their time. On an individual level, within our homes, among our families, in our extended families, in the communities at large, there was a very great personality, Sayyid Yusuf bin Nuri Rahmatullahi, who was a very great muhaddith passed away in the mid-70s. There's one statement of his that he said that when this evil doesn't get stopped and nobody speaks about it, nobody refrains people from it, in the homes there's no talk about it that this is wrong, nobody gives any concern to what is going on, then as time passes, burai me'yare sharafat ban jati hai. Is burai me'yare sharafat ban jati hai. That evil then becomes the standard of judging a person's greatness. Evil becomes the standard of the position and status of a person. That if he's involved in that evil, then he's somebody. And if he's out of it, then he's a nobody. That evil becomes a status symbol. A person had a wedding in a style which was totally against Allah Ta'ala's commands. 
breaking all the laws of Allah Ta'ala, totally trampling the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu that will become a status symbol. A woman will dress in a way that if some Sahabiya had to be present in the dunya today and had to see it, she will die of shock. That kind of dressing will become a status symbol. And if somebody is not dressed like that, then she will become the target of taunts, the target of mock and ridicule. That you are dressing like my great-grandmother's elder sister. <laughs> that will become like a big, she will become the target of ridicule and mockery. Because she is refusing to comply with the norms of society. Ibrahim Islam was faced with the same challenge. That he was being put under pressure to comply with the norm of society. He refused point blank. There is no way I will ever be part of this. So the test came what? That now they prepared to throw him into the fire. Fire of Namrud. Now this was the crunch time. That if you're not going to conform to the norm of society, you're going to be, you're going to be in the fire. But he didn't take one step back. Whatever it is. Allah Ta'ala is the one who's given me life. Allah Ta'ala will take life. Allah Ta'ala wills to take my life in this time, in this way, that's why I submit to Allah. But what was the end result? When he was finally flung into that fire, such a huge fire, that they couldn't even go close to put him inside. To throw him in. From far away they had to throw him in with a catapult. But when he totally submitted to Allah, he didn't buckle under the pressure of society. He didn't give in. He only gave in to Allah. He submitted to Allah. When he didn't buckle under the pressure of society for Allah's pleasure, not for any other motive. What was the end result? Allah Ta'ala turned the fire into a garden for him. So likewise is this dunya. Until Qiyamah is to carry on. That outwardly a person will seem to be like in the fire of being ostracized. If he doesn't conform to the normal society. He'll be in the fire of loneliness. He'll be all by himself. Everybody else will be seeming to having, be having a great time. He'll be in the fire of mockery and ridicule. But that very fire Allah Ta'ala will make it a garden for him. That, that peace and serenity that comes only from Allah Ta'ala, which money cannot buy, which comforts and luxuries cannot give, this is something that comes from Allah Ta'ala. And in the midst of all that, he will be content with what Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with. And he'll be happy in his heart. And he will be totally pleased with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. He will have no need for anybody else. If my life goes, it goes for Allah Ta'ala. جان دی دی ہوئی اسی کی تھی حق تو یہ ہے کہ حق ادا نہ ہو سکا if I gave my life then the life also came from Allah Ta'ala the reality is I haven't fulfilled the right of even giving my life I just gave it so Raim Islam taught us this lesson of total submission to Allah Ta'ala that if it means being in the fire fine, well and good, welcome for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure but I won't give in to all these issues and pressures that come from society then comes these tests of submission, all these incidents we have heard many many times, but just to reflect on these lessons, the test of leaving his wife and child in a barren place, nothing, nothing to survive on. Now he leaves them there and he's returning. 
No questions asked how they would have survived, whatever it is. Allah Ta'ala's hukam, Allah's command. Now he's turning to leave. His wife asks him, are you leaving us here? How are we going to survive here? There's no water here, there's no food here, there's little provisions, we'll get exhausted just now. There's little child, suckling child. He keeps quiet, doesn't say anything. Again the question, again no answer. Then the third time she rephrases the question in a different way. That, is this a command of Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala's command? Allah Ta'ala's command indicates, yes, Allah Ta'ala's command. Now this is a woman that's going to be left behind in this barren place. Nobody there to be of any support. No apparent means of survival. Totally left to the elements. And now the husband is going away too. And what is the response when she hears that is Allah Ta'ala's command? That in that case, La Allah Ta'ala won't allow us to perish. Allah Ta'ala won't allow us to be destroyed. Allah Ta'ala's command, you may go ahead. But that's a lesson we have to bring in our lives and we have to act on that lesson almost daily when we are faced with challenges in our businesses. When there's a temptation to cut corners, trample somebody's rights, deceive somebody, indulge in some haram business, there's some haram elements involved in that transaction. But the temptation is very strong. But at that time to say, I'm not going to touch this because Allah Ta'ala won't allow me to perish if I am submitting to Him. That woman in that barren land could say that Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with so much and I can't refuse this little temptation. So when a person will submit to Allah Ta'ala, just as Allah Ta'ala protected the Hajra and protected Ismail and provided for them from unseen sources, that unseen source, the provision that came, it is continuing to today in the form of Zamzam. Allah Ta'ala will provide for us also. Same Allah. One person was going away somewhere. So he came to one Muslim to say that, look, times are hard here. I'm going somewhere else now, some other place. Now, it's not impermissible to go there. If a person feels that something is going to work out better for him somewhere else, it's fine, it's permissible. Now sometimes a person is treated at a different level because perhaps he had the opportunity to do something else. So the Buzuk, he came to meet him and said, I'm going somewhere else to now do something. He said, okay, when you go there, then give my salam to the Allah of that place. So he looked at him, astonished, what are you talking about? What do you mean Allah of that place must give your salam to? So he says, well, you're going there, maybe there's some, you believe that there's some other Allah there. The same Allah will provide there is the same Allah that provides here. Where are you going now? As we said, that's not impermissible that a person moves from one place to another. But see, perhaps there was some other background to this. But the lesson in that is that Allah alone is the provider. And if a person is staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, is Allah Ta'ala going to deprive him? But he's staying away from something that's haram for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Is Allah Ta'ala going to keep him in poverty? So, this is the lesson that we have been given in this Mubarak days. The lesson of total submission. Totally submitting ourselves to Allah. But where does this submission come from? This is a lesson of submission. But the thing is, how does one submit oneself? It's fine, we understood it as a concept. 
machine is a concept, but what makes it a reality? The submission is transformed from a concept into a reality with muhabbat, with the love of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that there is love of Allah Ta'ala, to that extent there will be submission. Ibrahim Islam is Khalilullah. He was a friend of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent we will become Allah Ta'ala's friends, to that extent we will be able to support ourselves. Muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is the driving force. This is something which Nabi Sallallahu taught us to even make dua for. Allahumma rizukni hubbak. Allah grant me your muhabbat. Grant me your love. Allahumma al hubbaka ahabba ilayya min nafsi wa ahli wa min al ma'il barid. Allah make your love more intense in my heart. More beloved to me. More intense within me. Than the love for my own self. A person loves Anything and everything, but not more than himself. <coughs> when it comes to a crunch time, then he leave everything and run. There have been times when this kind of scene of Qiyamah has happened on earth. Many places people witness this kind of thing. When there was some Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us, some disasters and tragedies, they saw the sign of Qiyamah. What Allah Ta'ala speaks about as what will be the case on the day of Qiyamah. يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَبِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَخِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ That when a person on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala says, will flee from, the parents will flee from the child, the child will flee from the parents, spouses will flee from one another, nobody will be concerned about anybody else. People saw that kind of scene on earth. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. The beast house will be saying, Ya Allah, make your love more beloved to me, teaching us to make this dua. Ya Allah, make your love more beloved to me than the love I have for my own self. That is the first level. And then under that, I mean, ahli, habba ilia min nafsi wa ahli. Person after himself, then the next, he loves his family, he loves his children. Ya Allah, more than I love myself, more than I love my children and family. Allah, more than I love, more than the love of cold water. This sounds something very ajeeb. That way is the love of oneself, the love of one's family, and together with that, the love of cold water. Now, sitting in an air-conditioned room, or under fans, where will we appreciate what is the meaning of this? One person mentioned while they were on Hajj one year, many years back, maybe some 15, 30 years ago, they traveling in the bus from uh, Arafat to Muzdalifah, or from Mina to Arafat, perhaps it was Mina to Arafat. So now, the bus got stuck in the traffic. Now it was extremely hot. Whatever water, people had had it, all was already exhausted. Now as the Time is ticking away, people are becoming more and more thirsty and more and more irritable. Now people are bringing to small, small things are irritating and people are arguing. And it was like everybody's life is great. One person somehow got out of the bus, went and found some water somewhere somebody was selling. He brought their whole water and came back. Says as the water was distributed in the bus and people started drinking the water, it was like life came back. And people who were like down and out, person is 
getting dehydrated, and now he's had some water to drink, it's like he's come back to life. Now on a hot day, when a person is totally parched, extreme thirst, and now it's, he can't handle it anymore, extremely thirsty, and at that time somebody presents a cold water to him, people in such conditions, they, they have been scenes in places where because of whatever, famine, etc., now people, some water, drought, severe drought, drinking water was brought, people started fighting, nearly murdering one another for their water. So now in that context, when a person is presented with water, what happiness he gets, and how much he loves that water, that is the context of which this hadith is being given, this dua. Ya Allah, more than cold water, give me your love. More than the love of cold water. So this is that love of Allah Ta'ala, to the extent that this love of Allah Ta'ala comes, to that extent there is submission to Allah Ta'ala. And this love of Allah Ta'ala comes when a person sacrifices for Allah Ta'ala. This whole thing is a cycle. When he keeps sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala, then the more he sacrifices for Allah Ta'ala, the more the love of Allah Ta'ala develops. And then the more he is able to submit to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the thing that we have to acquire. To learn to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala, to acquire the love of Allah Ta'ala, to reflect upon these lessons of Ibrahim Alayhi to imbibe these lessons, to bring our entire life or to total submission of Allah Ta'ala. Whether it is in our ibadat, we totally submit to Allah Ta'ala. Whether it is our mu'amalat, our business dealings, total submission to Allah Ta'ala. No half measures. Whether it is our mu'asharat, our social life, how we deal with our spouses, how we deal with our families, how we deal with our parents obviously, how we deal with people in society, to make sure we are fulfilling everybody's rights, we are not bringing anybody down in any way, not giving any taklif to anyone, what kind of akhlaq we have, in everything total submission to Allah Ta'ala. And in the way that Rasulullah has taught us, in this way we will gain this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, and our dunya will get made, our akhirat will get made as well. الله تبارك وتعالى give us all the توفيق وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين